So we're back today, and we're reading in 2 Samuel, chapter 20. I'm going to go ahead and get started today, since I'm starting this a little later than I hope to, and ideally like to get some of this done before my kids wake up. So, 2 Samuel, verse 20. And there happened to be there a man of Belial, whose name was Sheba, the son of Bichri, a Benjamite, and he blew a trumpet and said, We have no part in David, neither have we inheritance in the son of Jesse. Every man to his tents, O Israel. So every man of Israel went up from after David and followed Sheba, the son of Bichri. But the men of Judah clave unto their king from Jordan even to Jerusalem. And David came to his house at Jerusalem, and the king took the ten women, his concubines, whom he had left to keep the house, and put them in ward, and fed them, but went not in unto them. So they were shut up unto the day of their death, living in widowhood. Then said the king to Amasa, Assemble me the men of Judah within three days, and be thou here present. So Amasa went to assemble the men of Judah, but he tarried longer than the set time which he had appointed him. And David said to Abishai, Now shall Sheba the son of Bichri do us more harm than did Absalom. Take thou thy lord's servants, and pursue after him, lest he get him fenced cities, and escape us. And there went out after him Joab's men, and the Cherethites, and the Pelethites, and all the mighty men. And they went out of Jerusalem to pursue after Sheba the son of Bichri. When they were at the great stone which is in Gibeon, Amasa went before them, and Joab's garment that he had put on was girded unto him, and upon it a girdle with a sword fastened upon his loins, in the sheath thereof. And as he went forth, it fell out. And Joab said to Amasa, Art thou in health, my brother? And Joab took Amasa by the beard with the right hand to kiss him. But Amasa took no heed to the sword that was in Joab's hand. So he smote him therewith in the fifth rib, and shed out his bowels to the ground, and strake him not again, and he died. So Joab and Abishai his brother pursued after Sheba the son of Bichri. And one of Joab's men stood by him and said, He that favoreth Joab, and he that is for David, let him go after Joab. And Amasa wallowed in blood in the midst of the highway. And when the man saw that all the people stood still, he removed Amasa out of the highway into the field, and cast a cloth upon him, when he saw that every one that came by him stood still. When he was removed out of the highway, all the people went on after Joab, to pursue after Sheba the son of Bichri. And he went through all the tribes of Israel, unto Abel, and to Beth-Machah, and all the Barites, and they were gathered together, and went also after him. <laughs> And they came and besieged him in Abel of Beth Makkah, and they cast up a bank against the city, 
and it stood in the trench, and all the people that were with Joab battered the wall to throw it down. Then cried a wise woman out of the city, Here, here, say, I pray you, unto Joab, Come near hither, that I may speak with thee. And when he was come near unto her, the woman said, Art thou Joab? And he answered, I am he. Then she said unto him, Hear the words of thine handmaid. And he answered, I do hear. Then she spake, saying, They were wont to speak in old time, saying, They shall surely ask counsel at Abel. And so they ended the matter. I am one of them that are peaceable and faithful in Israel. Thou seekest to destroy a city and a mother in Israel. Why wilt thou swallow up the inheritance of the Lord? And Joab answered and said, Far be it, far be it from me that I should swallow up or destroy. The matter is not so, but a man of Mount Ephraim, Sheba, the son of Bichri, by name, hath lift up his hand against the king, even against David. Deliver him only, and I will depart from the city. And the woman said unto Joab, Behold, his head shall be thrown to thee over the wall. Then the woman went on to all the people in her wisdom, and they cut off the head of Sheba, the son of Bichri, and cast it out to Joab. And he blew a trumpet, and they retired from the city, every man to his tent. And Joab returned to Jerusalem unto the king. Now Joab was over all the host of Israel, and Benaniah, the son of Jehoiada, was over the Cherethites and over the Pelethites. And Adoram was over the tribute, and Jehoshaphat, the son of Ahilud, was recorder. And Shiva was scribe, and Zadok and Abiathar were the priests. And Ira, also the Jarite, was a chief ruler of David. Now, chapters 21 through 24 contain accounts of events that are related to David's reign. They're not presented in chronological order, but they comprise an appendix to First and Second Samuel. So several of the events occurred early on in David's reign. For example, Joshua and Israel made a league with the Gibeonites that they would not be killed along with the other Canaanites. Saul broke this vow. To break a vow is a transgression against God's law. Also, the term, we will read, his bloody house, implies that Saul's sons participated in killing the Gibeonites. So let's read in chapter 21 now. Then there was a famine in the days of David, three years, year after year, and David inquired of the Lord, and the Lord answered, It is for Saul and for his bloody house, because he slew the Gibeonites. And the king called the Gibeonites and said unto them, Now the Gibeonites were not the children of Israel, but of the remnant of the Amorites, and the children of Israel had sworn unto them and Saul sought to slay them in his zeal to the children of Israel and Judah. Wherefore David said unto the Gibeonites, What shall I do for you, and wherewith shall I make the atonement, that ye may bless the inheritance of the Lord? 
And the Gibeonites said unto him, We will have no silver nor gold of Saul, nor of his house, neither for us shalt thou kill any man in Israel. And he said, What you shall say, that will I do for you. And they answered the king, The man that consumed us, and that devised against us, that we should be destroyed from remaining in any of the coasts of Israel, let seven men of his sons be delivered unto us, and we will hang them up unto the Lord in Gibeah, in Gibeah of Saul, whom the Lord did choose. And the king said, I will give them. But the king spared Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, because of the Lord's oath that was between them, between David and Jonathan, the son of Saul. But the king took the two sons of Rizpah, the daughter of Aiah, whom she bare unto Saul, Armoni and Mephibosheth, and the five sons of Michal, the daughter of Saul, whom she brought up for Adriel, the son of Barzillai, the Meholathite. And he delivered them into the hands of the Gibeonites, and they hanged them in the hill before the Lord. And they fell all seven together, and were put to death in the days of harvest, in the first days, in the beginning of barley harvest. And Rizpah, the daughter of Aiah, took sackcloth and spread it for her upon the rock from the beginning of harvest until water dripped upon them out of heaven and suffered neither the birds of the air to rest on them by day nor the beasts of the field by night. And it was told David what Rizpah, the daughter of Aiah, the concubine of Saul, had done. And David went and took the bones of Saul and the bones of Jonathan, his son, from the men of Jabesh-Gilead, which had stolen them from the streets of Beth-shan, where the Philistines had hanged them, when the Philistines had slain Saul in Gilboa. And he brought up from thence the bones of Saul and the bones of Jonathan his son, and they gathered the bones of them that were hanged. So after the death of the seven descendants of Saul, God once again answers the prayers of his people. This indicates seven of those men had been implicated in the killing of the Gibeonites in cases where children were not involved in the sins of their fathers. They were not to be punished. And the bones of Saul and Jonathan, his son, buried they in the country of Benjamin, in Zelah, in the sepulchre of Kish, his father. And they performed all that the king commanded. And after that, God was entreated for the land. Moreover, the Philistines had yet war again with Israel. And David went down, and his servants with him, and fought against the Philistines. And David waxed faint. And Ishbi Benob, which was of the sons of the giant, the weight of whose spear weighed three hundred shekels of brass in weight, he being girded with a new sword, thought to have slain David. But Abishai the son of Zeruiah succored him, and smote the Philistine, and killed him. Then the men of David swear unto him, saying, Thou shalt go no more out with us to battle that thou quench not the light of Israel. And it came to pass after this that there was again a battle with the Philistines at Gob. Then Sibichai the Hushathite slew Saph, which was the sons of the giant. 
and there was again a battle in Gob with the Philistines, where Alhanan, the son of Jadah Oregem, a Bethlehemite, slew the brother of Goliath the Gittite, the staff of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. And there was yet a battle in Gath, where was a man of great stature, that had on every hand six fingers, and on every foot six toes, four and twenty in number, and he also was born to the giant. And when he defied Israel, Jonathan, the son of Shimeah, the brother of David, slew him. These four were born to the giant in Gath, and fell by the hand of David, and by the hand of his servants. And David spake unto the Lord the words of this song, in the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies, and out of the hand of Saul. And he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress, and my deliverer, the God of my rock. In him will I trust. He is my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my high tower, and my refuge, my Savior. Thou savest me from violence. I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from mine enemies. When the waves of death compassed me, the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about, the snares of death prevented me. In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried to my God, and he did hear my voice out of his temple, and my cry did enter into his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled, the foundations of heaven moved and shook, because he was wroth. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils, and fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also, and came down, and darkness was under his feet. And he rode upon a cherub, and did fly, and he was seen upon the wings of the wind. And he made darkness pavilions round about him dark waters, and thick clouds of the skies. Through the brightness before him were coals of fire kindled. The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice. And he sent out arrows, and scattered them, lightnings, and discomfited them. And the channels of the sea appeared. The foundations of the world were discovered at the rebuking of the Lord, at the blast of the breath of his nostrils. He sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy, and from them that hated me, for they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me, because he delighted in me. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands hath he recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord, and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me, and as for his statutes, I did not depart from them. I was also upright before him, and have kept myself from mine iniquity. Therefore the Lord hath recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness in his eyesight. With the merciful thou wilt show thyself merciful, and with the upright man thou wilt show thyself upright. 
With the pure thou wilt show thyself pure, and with the froward thou wilt show thyself unsavory. And the afflicted people thou wilt save, but thine eyes are upon the haughty, that thou mayest bring them down. For thou art my lamp, O Lord, and the Lord will lighten my darkness. For by thee I have run through a troop, by my God have I leaped over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all them that trust in him. For who is God save the Lord, and who is a rock save our God? God is my strength and power, and he maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds' feet, and setteth me upon my high places. He teacheth my hands to war, so that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation, and thy gentleness hath made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me, so that my feet did not slip. I have pursued mine enemies, and destroyed them, and turned not again, until I had consumed them. And I have consumed them, and wounded them, that they could not arise. Yea, they are fallen under my feet. For thou hast girded me with strength to battle. Them that rose up against me hast thou subdued under me. Thou hast also given me the necks of mine enemies, that I might destroy them that hate me. They looked, but there was none to save, even unto the Lord, but he answered them not. Then did I beat them as small as the dust of the earth. I did stamp them as the mire of the street, and did spread them abroad. Thou also hast delivered me from the strivings of my people. Thou hast kept me to be the head of the heathen. A people which I knew not shall serve me. Strangers shall submit themselves unto me. As soon as they hear, they shall be obedient unto me. Strangers shall fade away, and they shall be afraid out of their close places. The Lord liveth, and blessed be my rock, and exalted be the God of the rock of my salvation. It is God that avengeth me, and that bringeth down the people under me. So quick note here. David was not maintaining that he had never sinned, or that he was perfect. David is simply expressing his desire to please the Lord with a heart that had been, up to now, habitually torn turned towards him in faith. The psalm was probably composed shortly after God delivered him from Saul, but before he fell into his sins of murder and adultery. Okay, continuing on. And that bringeth me forth from mine enemies, thou also hast lifted me up on high above them that rose up against me. Thou hast delivered me from the violent man. Therefore, I will give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen, and I will sing praises unto thy name. He is the tower of salvation for his king, and showeth mercy to his anointed, unto David, and to his seed for evermore. Okay, now we're moving on to chapter 23. Now these be the last words of David. David, the son of Jesse, said, and the man who was raised up on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob, and the sweet psalmist of Israel, said, The Spirit of the Lord spake by me, 
and his word was in my tongue. The God of Israel said, The rock of Israel spake to me, He that ruleth over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. And he shall be as the light of the morning, when the sun riseth, even a morning without clouds, as the tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain. Although my house be not so with God, yet he hath made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things, and sure, for this is all my salvation, and all my desire, although he make it not to grow. But the sons of Belial shall be all of them as thorns thrust away, because they cannot be taken with hands. But the man that shall touch them must be fenced with iron, and the staff of a spear, and they shall be utterly burnt with fire in the same place. Now these be the names of the mighty men whom David had, that the Tachmanite that sat in the seat, chief among the captains, the same was Adino the Esnite. He lift up his spear against eight hundred whom he slew at one time. And after him was Eleazar the son of Dodo the Ahohite, one of the three mighty men with David, when they defied the Philistines that were there gathered together to battle, and the men of Israel were gone away. He arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary, and his hand clave unto the sword. And the Lord wrought a great victory that day, and the people returned after him only to spoil. And after him was Shema, the son of Agi the Hararite, and the Philistines were gathered together into a troop, where was a piece of ground full of lentiles, and the people fled from the Philistines. But he stood in the midst of the ground, and defended it, and slew the Philistines, and the Lord wrought a great victory. And three of the thirty chief went down, and came to David in the harvest time, unto the cave of Adullam and the troop of the Philistines pitched in the valley of Raphaim. And David was then in a hold, and the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. And David longed and said, Oh, that one would give me drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. And the three mighty men brake through the host of the Philistines, and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem, that was by the gate, and took it, and brought it to David. Nevertheless he would not drink thereof, but poured it out unto the Lord. And he said, Be it far from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Is not this the blood of the men that went in jeopardy of their lives? Therefore he would not drink it. These things did these three mighty men. And Abishai, the brother of Joab, the son of Zeruiah, was chief among three, and he lift up his spear against three hundred, and slew them, and had the name among three. Was he not most honorable of three? Therefore he was their captain, howbeit he attained not unto the first three. And Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man, of Kabzil, who had done many acts, he slew two lion-like men of Moab, 
he went down also, and slew a lion in the midst of a pit in time of snow. And he slew an Egyptian, a goodly man, and the Egyptian had a spear in his hand. But he went down to him with a staff, and plucked the spear out of the Egyptian's hand, and slew him with his own spear. These things did Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and had the name among three mighty men. He was more honorable than the thirty, but he attained not to the first three. And David set him over his guard. Asahel, the brother of Joab, was one of the thirty, Elhanan, the son of Dodo, of Bethlehem, Shema, the Haradite, Elika, the Haradite, Helez, the Paltite, Ira, the son of Ikesh, the Tekoite, Abiezer, the Anathothite, Mebunai, the Hushathite, Zalmon, the Ahohite, Maharai, the Netophathite, Heleb, the son of Baana, a Netophathite, Etai, the son of Ribai, out of Gibeah, of the children of Benjamin, Benaiah, the Perothanite, Hidai, of the brooks of Gash, Abiel, Ban, the Arbathite, Asmaveth, the Barhumite, Eliba, the Shalbonite, of the sons of Jashin and Jonathan, Shema, the Hararite, Ahiam, the son of Sharar, the Hararite, Eliphaz, excuse the dog barking, we have work being done on our rehab, okay, um, I'm going to try to keep going. Um, verse 33, Shema the Harahite, Ahayam the son of Sharar the Hararite, Eliphalet the son of Ahaspai, the son of the Machathite, Eliam the son of Ahithophel the Gilanite, Hezrai the Carmelite, Paarai the Arbite, Igal the son of Nathan of Zobah, Banai the Gadite, Zelek the Ammonite, Naharai the Berothite, armor-bearer to Joab, the son of Zeruiah, Ira, an Ithrite, Gerab, an Ithrite, Uriah the Hittite, thirty and seven in all. So now our very last chapter here in Second Samuel. Go, number Israel and Judah. I want to take note of the following in regards to David's sin in taking a census of the people. First of all, it is stated God incited David. In First Chronicles 21.1, it says Satan provoked David to number Israel. At times, God will use Satan to achieve his divine purpose, permitting him to test God's people. God allowed Satan to tempt David because of David's pride and his lack of trust in God. David's will was involved in the sin because he could have resisted Satan. Number two, it's mentioned the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. This presupposes that Israel committed a grave offense against God, and God's anger is stirred only when people sin. So evidently the people did something to merit this punishment, although we don't know exactly what the nature of that sin is. Number three, the nature of David's sin was probably pride expressed in his leadership of a powerful and numerous people 
and in his self-exaltation and the boasting of his great accomplishments and his strength. David did glory in his human ability and the great numbers of his people rather than in the power and the righteousness of his God. Okay, so we're going to finish up with chapter 24, and then that'll be it for Second Samuel. Okay, and again the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he moved David against them to say, Go, number Israel and Judah. For the king said to Joab, the captain of the host which was with him, Go now through all the tribes of Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, and number ye the people, that I may know the number of the people. And Joab said unto the king, Now the Lord thy God add unto the people how many soever they be, an hundredfold, and that the eyes of my lord the king may see it. But why doth my lord the king delight in this thing? Notwithstanding, the king's word prevailed against Job and against the captains of the host. And Joab and the captains of the host went out from the presence of the king to number the people of Israel. And they passed over Jordan and pitched in Aroer on the right side of the city that lieth in the midst of the river of Gad and toward Jazer. Then they came to Gilead and to the land of Tatim Hodshai, and they came to Donjan and about to Zidon. And there came to the stronghold of Tyr and to all the cities of the Hivites and of the Canaanites. And they went out to the south of Judah, even to Beersheba. So when they had gone through all the land, they came to Jerusalem at the end of nine months and twenty days. And Joab gave up the sum of the number of the people unto the king. And there were in Israel eight hundred thousand valiant men that drew the sword. And the men of Judah were five hundred thousand men. And David's heart smote him after that he had numbered the people. And David said unto the Lord, I have sinned greatly in that I have done. And now I beseech thee, O Lord, take away the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. For when David was up in the morning, the word of the Lord came unto the prophet Gad, David's seer, saying, Go and say unto David, Thus saith the Lord, I offer thee three things. Choose thee one of them, that I may do it unto thee. So Gad came to David, and told him, and said unto him, Shall seven years of famine come unto thee in thy land? Or wilt thou flee three months before thine enemies, while they pursue thee? Or that there be three days pestilence in thy land? Now advise, and see what answer I shall return to him that sent me. And David said unto Gad, I am in a great strait. Let us fall now into the hand of the Lord, for his mercies are great, and let me not fall into the hand of man. So the Lord sent a pestilence upon Israel from the morning even to the time appointed, and there died of the people from Dan even to Beersheba seventy thousand men. So David knew he was the leader of Israel. His sin was greater than the sins of the people. Out of concern for them, he was ready to accept all the punishment. 
One of David's greatest characteristics, perhaps, was his willingness to humbly accept God's punishment for his sins. And when the angel stretched out his hand upon Jerusalem to destroy it, the Lord repented him of the evil and said to the angel that destroyed the people, It is enough. Stay now thine hand. And the angel of the Lord was by the threshing place of Araunah, the Jebusite. And David spake unto the Lord when he saw the angel that smote the people, and said, Lo, I have sinned, and I have done wickedly. But these sheep, what have they done? Let thine hand, I pray thee, be against me, and against my father's house. And Gad came that day to David, and said unto him, Go up, rear an altar unto the Lord, in the threshing floor of Arona the Jebusite. And David, according to the saying of Gad, went up as the Lord commanded. And Arona looked, and saw the king and his servants coming on toward him, and Arauna went out, and bowed himself before the king, on his face, upon the ground. And Arauna said, Wherefore is my lord the king come to his servant? And David said, To buy the threshing floor of thee, to build an altar unto the lord, that the plague may be stayed from the people. And Arauna said unto David, Let my lord the king take, and offer up what seemeth good unto him, Behold, here be oxen for burnt sacrifice, and threshing instruments, and other instruments of the oxen for wood. All these things did Arauna as a king give unto the king. And Arauna said unto the king, The Lord thy God accept thee. And the king said unto Arauna, Nay, but I will surely buy it of thee at a price. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for fifty shekels of silver, and David built there an altar unto the Lord, and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord was entreated for the land, and the plague was stayed from Israel. So as we wrap this up, David's words show us that the true value of our gifts, our worship, and our life surface to God is truly measured by the depth of our love and the sacrifice it involves. Jesus also modeled this worship and service that was motivated by love, as did Paul, as did the early church. God doesn't want us to give what costs us nothing. Commitment to God that costs nothing is worth nothing. So let us be sure that we are giving the best of what we have, no matter what the cost to us.